Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fight song at the University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater. I love it. I wanted to be hearing it this weekend. And in March Madness, the silence will deafen all of us. And we have now on the line the wonderful head coach of the basketball program, men's basketball program at the University of Pennsylvania, Steve Donahue. Coach, uh, how upset are you not to be hearing that song this weekend and, and perhaps uh, on the next few weeks? Hold on a second, John. I'm moving my arms now. I've got to finish <laughs> up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. Like, of course, we're disappointed. Um, but in all honesty, everything that has transpired uh, in the last five days in our country, uh, this pales in comparison. Um, but it, it is what it is. And it was a, in some ways, Joe, I was so glad now looking back that we got to experience what we did that last weekend, in particular Saturday yep. night and our senior night and, it was a magical night that we thought led to the conference tournament, but it didn't, but it doesn't take away those memories. The Ivy League, the first to cancel pretty much anything, as Coach Donahue joins us on the Sports Calling Guest Line. First question for you, Coach. You, you obviously had to squeeze in. For those who don't know, Penn is a four-team Ivy League tournament. Penn had to win their last three games to finish fourth. But that's all you're asked to do is find a way to get in um, and, and then rock and roll with that. When do you have an idea <laughs> – Obviously, with this virus, you've known about it for a couple months, as we all have, and we're all just pawns in this equation, no matter who who we are. But when did you have an idea that the tournament may be affected, that the NCAA tournament may be affected? Because it seemed like this one, it gathered speed, started moving down the hill like an avalanche for all of us. It did for us, uh, Joel. But um, I probably found out Monday morning that they were discussing possibly uh, no fans and things of that nature. But I think our presidents were on this for a while. Um, I think they, they're touch, as you can imagine, in these eight institutions, they're in touch with the, the, the biggest health experts in the world. I think that's why you saw them ahead of the game. Uh, and all honesty, I was frustrated at the initial thing, why us? Uh, but in reality, uh, I think they knew what they were doing. And I give them uh, great respect and uh, I really admire their uh, courage at the time to cancel the tournament when I look back at it. 
before we get into the tournament itself, Coach, how, how hard would it have been to play without fans? Obviously, March Madness is about the fans, people traveling to the games, your alumni, your fans, people going berserk, the whole thing that March Madness is. Couldn't it have been played without it? I mean, now you don't have to worry about that, but what's your view on that? You know, John, I, I think uh, as a purist and with our kids, uh, as much as that adds to the whole uh, ambiance of the moment, the purest thing is, is like we, we'll go up there and scrimmage them uh, without officials and, huh. and roll it out. It's, yeah. it's it's really not. It's 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 more than what people think, and why it bothers uh, the team so much. It's this is something that for four years uh, you work to and you work together and you become a family and you completely give up yourself. And this is your opportunity to prove to each other that this was all worth it. And it really doesn't matter if there are fans or family there. Uh, this is a journey that you want to perform and show that you can do it. And whether there's fans or not, it wouldn't have mattered. It really wouldn't have. Talking to Steve Donahue on the Sports Calling Guest Line. Coach, I'm going to guess that this wasn't the worst moment of your life, and let's hope that uh, that it was if it was, because there's a lot worse things in life than this. But you had to walk into that locker room, I think Wednesday morning, it may be Tuesday, I'm, everything's kind of a blur to me, but just take A.J. Brodeur, for example. He's one of your four seniors. He had a triple-double for the first time in Penn history, anybody did, as you got into the tournament last Saturday night. He's the all-time leading scorer at your program. He's thinking, are we going to work on the, the 28th play, the 16th play in practice today? These guys are getting ready for practice. You had to walk in, not only tell them there's no practice, but that his career's over like that. See ya. Obviously, they can do what they want, go out on the court, bond is what they like. But how hard was that for you to give them the news that you never wanted to give? Well, it, it was it was very difficult in terms of my um, coaching career. It's one of the most difficult things I had to do, um, in particular because it's they had no idea, so they're completely blindsided. I'm in a position in front of our video screen. Uh, they think we're going to watch uh, clips of our last game, and obviously Yale, our future opponent. Uh, and I had to, you know, give them that news, and there's no easy way to give it. Um, and at the time it was, it was confusing to me because I had no idea, you know, what tr will transpire in the next 48 hours. It was Tuesday morning. And obviously, uh, looking at AJ and, um, Devin Goodman and Ryan Betley, although Ryan can play another year and Ray Jerome in particular seniors and just to deliver that. And gosh, they're, they're everything they dreamed of since they were, eight and nine years old is taken from them, uh, not by a loss, not by, you know, watching scoreboard, but, you know, by a coach saying that, you know, we're canceling this. And there was, it was hard. Uh, it was 45 minutes of uh, a lot of emotions uh, by all of us. Uh, but it was also, I'm going to say this again, looking back and knowing what transpired now, it was my, my ability to be able to do that the first team in the country uh, that isn't sign, you know, wasn't listening to it on ESPN. I got to tell them, I got to deliver it. Yep. We got to grieve in a way about, you know, and then thank them uh, and be grateful for what they gave to Penn basketball. Yeah, and they gave a lot, and they they had really caught fire the second half of the year. You had a great beginning, a, a not so great middle, and, and you finished strong. And coach, yeah. I'm not going to pretend. Obviously, you know this as well. Nobody was picking Penn to win the NCAA tournament. Uh, some of us thought you had the best team in the Ivy League at, at, at time of entry. But the thing about basketball, the great thing about March Madness, 
whether it's Villanova's an eight seed in 85 or whatever, mm-hmm. is every mm-hmm. kid that's going to be in that tournament or at a conference tournament thinks you're going to win the NCAA tournament. No matter how irrational that is, it's part of the dream. It's part of what makes the magic so great. Um, and then it's taken away from you. As far as that part goes, if you're a kid thinking, I'm going to cut down the nets and the whole world's going to be talking about me like they talk about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, and then that chance doesn't get there, what can it do to you long-term? How easy is it for, for these guys to, to put it aside and go on and live their lives? Well, I've always uh, you always use it as a, a lesson um, when, you, when you deliver these kind of news and say, listen, things are going to happen in your life that are not fair, that you really don't understand. And you know what? You have to move on. You have to grow from it. You have to learn from it. And obviously this nation is hitting something that has never happened in my lifetime. So at the time, I say it again, it was it was a, a lesson that I was trying to teach them, and it was difficult for me to tell them. Uh, you, you say, uh, you know, you can't win the national championship. I told them after that game, now we got to win eight more. Uh, yep. You know, we don't have to win eight at once. We just have to win one game eight times. And yep. the way college basketball was this year, uh, I think anybody could have won it. I really do. We played some of the nation's best. We played this, a, a super hot Providence team that was the best in the Big East. Obviously, we played Villanova. We beat Alabama. We had every right to think that on any given neutral court, that we can compete with anybody, even the team we're about to play. Yale was beaten by nine at our place, and we're up ten with two minutes to go at third place. Uh, there was every reason to believe, and that's that's kind of your job that you do with these guys is you get them to believe at that level that you can win it. So it was crushing. Everything you're talking about is is, is exactly why it was difficult for kids. But they're all in the same boat. We're talking to Penn's coach Steve Donahue. Coach, a lot of people have said and theorized, although there's a lot of thinking that has to be done about this because it's like everything, there's a million contingencies, that either seniors in spring sports in the Ivy League or any other conference which bags spring sports should get another year or the opportunity to play another year, or any athlete in winter sports whose postseason tournament was taken away from them, if one of your seniors, just to take obviously Penn for the example here, was given another year of eligibility, well, that's not quite as simple as it sounds. They don't just come back and play another year. Are they going to be on scholarship? Are they going to have to pay for school? What courses do they take? How, how does that do with, deal with the recruits that you've brought in? And a, a million other things that are on the table. Are you basically for or against an extra year of eligibility? And how difficult will that be to pull off if it is? Well, I think we're going to do the spring sports uh, for sure. I think the NCAA will do that. Uh, in terms of the Ivy, uh, you're exactly right. You're not allowed to do grad classes. But I think the Ivy League, I, in my opinion, will make some uh, modifications to that rule in terms of, yes, if you want to uh, you know, go uh, and uh, you know, try to achieve other academic goals, another major, a different minor, uh, and do this fifth year, I think my opinion is that they're going to do that. The basketball and all the winter sports, uh, Joe, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to give these kids another year. Uh, listen, most kids were never going to play in the postseason. Even at that point when they decided the season was down, most kids' seasons were over. Um, unfortunately, I just think that's uh, water under the bridge at this point. Uh, and I say that because even though we didn't get to experience the postseason, we had an incredible experience and. I just think at this point, even our guys, I think they're fundamentally thinking about their futures and yep. what's in store. Uh, the moment's probably lost, and I think the majority of kids in college basketball think the same way. 
All right, this question is for Steve Donahue, or Sinus alumni and, and American citizen, and not Steve Donahue, the basketball coach, yeah. although that's part of the question. Today at 6 o'clock, we were all hoping to turn on Selection Sunday. Obviously, you would not get in as a large team. You had to win the Ivy League tournament but and, and figure where teams are going, who they're going to play. They, they'd come to your school and the, whatever kind of party you were having. Instead of that, what did you find yourself doing, eating pizza with your family somewhere without going to a restaurant because you were afraid to be in gatherings of more than 50 people? What was your projected Sunday at 6 and the actual reality of what happened? How were they different? Yeah, obviously dramatically different because uh, we were one of the four leagues that would be playing our championship game. We were going to be up at Harvard. We had a plan to be uh, at a certain spot uh, to watch the selection Sunday. Uh, obviously that didn't happen. I'm like most, uh, I'm, I'm obeying what the, what we all should be doing sure. is, uh, is staying inside, um, keeping social distancing. And, uh, unfortunately when everything you see, I think it's going to get pretty dramatic difference in the next couple of weeks of what we're going to have to do. And it's kind of what we were doing tonight. And, uh, I'm doing our part. It's, it's what we all need to do and try to do as many positive things as you can. We don't usually get nobody. Uh, in particular, basketball coaches get to spend this kind of time at home with your family, uh, not worrying about recruiting as much and all the stuff that go into the postseason. So I'm trying to look at it as a positive and, and spend time with the family. And as Although I'm not a handyman, try to do as much handyman <laughs> stuff as I can around the house. You're a lot handier than I am, Coach. But for you guys and Jay Wright, and obviously he was going to be in, in the tournament and the like, you mentioned recruiting. What kind of effect does this have on recruiting either the going off campus for yourself, the assistants, the kids coming in for, for your obviously non-scholarship, but for scholarship schools, what kind yeah. of effect does this have for everybody? No, this is pretty dramatic. Uh, this is a big time of the year. And I, I'll say that to anybody who has uh, rising seniors or juniors in high school now and seniors are, we're, you know, we're going to give out our accepting notices here in the end of March. All the regular students are affected. They can't, this is a time where everyone goes and visits campuses and gets their, you know, ducks in a row. Well, recruiting is, you know, a tenfold times. The porters, the portals open with transfers, and you cannot have anybody for the next month on your campus, and you can't go anywhere. So everything's done by phone. Most likely, what's going to happen is kids are going to commit to you without seeing the campus or meeting you in person. It's just I don't know uh, any other way. Committing the next four means, years, sight unseen well, and person yeah. unseen. Wow. Yeah, and we're you know obviously we got a lot of video. And we got, you know, we got our, our sense of that. But even the next class, Jolly, I'm worried about the junior class that you know, this is a time of the year you really start honing on those kids and try to close on them. Well, there's no closing, and the kids are probably feeling a little lost. I know I feel really bad for there's a lot of unsigned seniors that thought the April period would be a period that they would close in on their colleges. Uh, that's going to be difficult. What I hope happens is that, you know, kids get some breaks because schools, you know, they can't be picky at this point. They're going to have to make these judgment calls without doing further evaluations, and uh, hopefully kids get good spots. All right, Coach, a couple more quick questions. First, put the handicapper's hat on. Obviously, yourself, you wish you'd go as far as you wanted. You said eight games, and you cut down the nets. What kind of shot do you think Villanova had? You, you broke their winning streak in the Big Five last year. Lost to him this year. Jay had a young team that was getting a lot better at the end of the year. For a team like that, what kind of opportunity do you think was taken away from them? How far yeah, could they have pretty, gotten? Pretty, pretty dramatic. Let's 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 honestly think that they were going to get to the second weekend, uh, and then there's 16 teams left, and you know you only you only have to be better than two of them. The two you play, yep. um, and I thought they were pretty dramatically different. 
over the last three weeks of the season. The wins they had on the road when they had to win were pretty impressive. Uh, I would give them as good a chance as anyone. Uh, with Even though they're young, they still have three or four vets that are there, and obviously the two freshmen that played a lot were coming along. You would have to think that you know Villanova has as good a chance as anybody, and in particular in a year when – there's really no lottery pick that's dominating a program. So you're not going to go against the one guy that says, well, we can't play them. There's no Zion. There's none of that this year. Most of the kids are not that are going to get drafted did not even play college basketball at the top of the draft. Yep, that's, that's certainly the case. And uh, the final question, we really appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck in the next few weeks getting through this like all of us. If I said to you, Coach, even not even six months ago, six weeks ago, the concept of social distancing. Would you say what kind of, is that a zone defense? Is that a man-to-man? What does that mean, social distancing? Now it's an, an everyday part of society. It's become part of our lexicon in the last few days. Is our language not a magic language that as these things come into it out of nowhere and become normal in two days? Is it amazing? Yeah, I, I think all of us, uh, and this is, you know, obviously none of us are experts on this. Even the experts, this is something new. I think we're all learning it. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, that's that's unfortunately I never heard the term. Uh, my 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 president uh, Amy Gutman mentioned it in a letter to us, uh, and it struck me. Uh, and I think it's something obviously that we're all going to have to uh, do over the next couple months um, to get this, and because we have history, it's called China, Italy, and Spain right now, yep. and we got to learn those lessons pretty quickly. Lessons learned, Coach, and I'm sure you're like me and talking about tonight was supposed to be the Selection Sunday in March Madness. Instead, for all of us college basketball fans and fans of sports in general and fans of the world, it's just a profound March sadness, but it is what it is, and uh, not much we can do about it. I'll say to you, John, I appreciate – I I think we all need to – to step away and I appreciate you bringing the energy to a, a sports show and that these are things that are going to get people through these times there's there's different things to do but you have a service now and if anything uh sports talk is is needed uh, you know when, in these times so. where we're just kind of you know we get so wrapped up in unfortunately all the things that are happening sports sports talk and the way you bring it it's fun Coach, your perspective is outstanding. We thank you so much for coming on the Sports Call and Guest Line and giving us a few minutes of your time. Good luck in the future. Hopefully next year at this time we're talking March Madness and brackets and where are you going and uh, and enjoy fight through at the present time as best you can. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Joe. Thanks very much. Coach Steve Donahue, head basketball coach at the University of Pennsylvania, brings, a, I think, a wonderful perspective to all this. Not above it all, just part of humanity, and we'll deal with it. Like we have to. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.